unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Just raise your hands, your holy hands, and worship God in your language, your tongue, your understanding, your interpretation. I feel the spirit of God is here. The sick are going to be healed, the bound are set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody just raise your voice and speak in other tongues. Somebody raise your voice. Thank God we're starting earlier. Thank God we have enough time to worship Him today.
His foolishness I know. When the world has seen the
a moment and bask in his love. Just bask in the love of the Father. Feel love. Just feel love. Just feel love. His love is poured out of you. that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The Amplified says that you might have the richest measure of the presence of God in your life. The richest measure of the presence of God. His love is the revelation of His power. His love is the revelation of His presence. His love is the revelation of the richest measure. The Bible says that you may really come to know him 
practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ he calls it which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience to us love has become an experience and he says that you might be filled through all your being and to all the fullness of God that you might have the richest measure of the divine presence and he says and that you might become a body holy filled and flooded with God himself and filled with God and flooded with God because of his love he spoiled it on me he spoiled it on me God loves me somebody say it in your spirit say God you love me I know there was a, bar, there was a time where Jesus loved us and yes we knew and, and we used to say for the Bible tells us so now the Bible doesn't need to tell us so even if we didn't have the Bible now he has told us we have experienced him through now I understand why men sing things like there is none like you no one else can touch my heart like you do for I could search for all eternity more and find there is none I can. Some people know the touch of a parent. Some wives know the touch of their husbands. And some husbands know the touch of their wives. But many people don't know what it means to be touched by God. Some songs are too personal for anybody to understand except yourself. I feel him touch us now. There is no like him. compassion, his comfort. I have been through something and you never thought you're going to come out of it because of the grief it caused you. And then you look back a few years later and you're out. 
and you're out. Have you ever been through pain and you've been wounded and stitched and scarred and wounded and stitched and scarred and wounded and stitched and scarred until you got to a point where you don't even know what your, your wound doesn't even know what to do whether you want to scar it or wound it and then God heals it too by his love some of you lost things and people and you never knew that you could walk again and you're still walking because of his love somebody celebrate the love of the father take a minute and just celebrate the love of the father has to become personal again. Sometimes I look at saints and some they sing because they see another man singing. They worship because they see another man worship. But there comes a time where God becomes personal. You know, there are songs sometimes that are so noble, but when I sing them, tears flow down my face because sometimes they take me back to my experiences with God. They're not just written for me to sing because I have to sing. But sometimes I go back to what would we have been if we didn't have God? What would you have looked like if you didn't have God? With the things you've gone through, how would you have appeared if you did not have God? Kirk Franklin one time sang a song and said, Without you, life's a song without me. Without you, it's like having a heart that won't beat. You know, how would you have been without God? How would you have been without God? How would you have been without God? Think about it. How would you have been without Jehovah God on your side? So we all say, if the Lord is for me, who can be against me? But many of us don't understand what it means for God to be for you. He's on your side. Even in your weaknesses. Even in your strength. He says before the throne. Oh God above. I have a strong and perfect faith. A great high priest. Whose name is love. Whoever for me. When Satan takes me to despair and tells me all you think upon what I see him 
seated. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. to preach this someone for a long time. What? <laughs> I, I, I touched bits of it somewhere one time and I wanted always to preach it here at Fenero. But um, I was waiting for the, for the full approval of the master to tell me now, go. And I feel ready now. You know, when we're preaching the gospel, we want to watch out majorly to make sure that we're preaching in at the appointed time. Because every message has an appointed time. That's, that's what a land spirit does. The word you carry is how to minister that word in season to him that is weary. In other words, it's important for a word to come to you in the season when you need it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's if, if, you're, if you're financially upward and and you're sick in your body, you need a message that heals your body, not that teaches you about finances, because at that particular point, finances are not your problem. At that particular point, that your problem is, is sickness in the body. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's somebody with a bad knee on my right in that row. God is healing you now. Receive your healing. I just saw a lady... The very bad knee, your left knee is very painful in that particular row around there. God is healing you right now. Receive your healing now, not tomorrow. You're going to see your body respond in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Amina. Praise God. Today I want to speak about something called the hand of the Lord. Somebody say, the hand of the Lord is upon me. Say before you understand it, such that when I preach it, you will understand it. Say, the hand of the Lord is upon me. Say one more time and say, the hand of the Lord is upon my life. Praise God. Ezra chapter 7. <laughs> Ezra chapter 7. I think let us begin with verses... Um, I wanted to show us something before I, I uh, probably go into the main area of what I want to share about this evening. Ezra chapter 7. I think let's do something like the 6th or 7th verse. Ezra chapter 7. Uh-huh, thank you. 
And the Bible says, and this Ezra went up from Babylon. And the Bible says, and he was already scribing the law. He was already scribing the what? In the law uh, of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests. Somebody said the king granted him all his requests. And the Bible says, according to the hand of the Lord, his God upon him. The Bible says the king granted all his requests according to the hand of God which was upon him. You know, as the king answered all his requests according to the hand of God upon him. That means things open up for you according to the hand of God operating on your life. Things work easy for you according to the hand of God operating on your life. Things break free for you according to the hand of God operating on your life. Things work easier for you according to the hand of God operating on your life. Miracles work to the degree of the hand of God upon your life. Signs work according to the degree of the hand of the Lord upon your life. Wonders manifest to the degree according to the work of the hand of God upon your life. The degree of how much the hand of the Lord is upon you is the degree to which you are granted favor before the king. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, if you know the story very well, there was a guy from chapter 1 called Ataxasis. He was the son of Saxes. From verse 1, right? There was a king called... uh, The the Bible says from chapter 7, verse 1, I think. Chapter 7 from verse 1. Now, it speaks of the reign of Ataxasis, the king of Persia, the Bible says there was a guy called Ezra, the son of Sarai, son of Azariah, son of Hilkah. If you go through, he goes to the lineage of, of Aaron, you know, Zadok and all that whole list. Now, Ataxasis was the son of Sarsis, right? And during that time, if all of you know the story, there was a desolation of the temple. The children of Israel had a situation where they, the temple in Jerusalem was broken and they were uh, under siege, right? They were taken over by foreign gods. Now the Lord raises a certain king, this king. And God puts it on his heart to cause the children of Israel to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple again. And Ezra was at the forefront of the building of this temple. Tell your neighbor, God can cause your enemies to bless you. Mugambi. Say it again. Say, God can cause your enemies to bless you. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, your enemies can bless you. And so, it pleased the king, it pleased the king that Jerusalem should be restored, the temple rebuilt under the hand of Israel. If you have time to go back and read that chapter, which I know some of you will, you'll understand the whole jinx and story. Now, if you go to the 27th verse, the Bible says that Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers, which has put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. This is Ezra saying. And the Bible says, and he has extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors. Are you hearing me? And before all the king's mighty princes. And he says, and I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord was upon me. As the hand of the Lord was upon me. And I gathered together out Israel, the chief men to go with me. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was upon me. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. We are living in a day and age where people go through many things and they forget what is upon them. 
Praise the Lord. Some of you have gone through situations, painful experiences, in different ways, denials, rejections, you know, betrayals, hearts, and all kinds of pains. And sometimes people go through many things, and then they forsake the hand of God upon their lives. Like the Bible says, that they that observe lying vanities, the Bible says they forsake their own mercy. The Amplified says they forsake the source of mercy and loving kindness. Why? Because they pay regard to false, useless, and worthless idols. They look at situations, they observe the things that they're going through, and then they come to conclusion. I've seen Christians, they've been born again for many years. Oh, I love God, I'm so born again, I can die for him. And then they're very excited, they're preaching the gospel, they're going through everything wonderful, and then they love God a certain way, and then calamity comes. Destruction comes. And then before you know that, the guy says, I don't think I believe in Jesus anymore. I don't think this is the place for me. I have exercised the word for this long. I've spoken the word for this long. I've done this and that. And then they mentioned everything they've done. And then you realize, ah, yeah, they were actually piling up a list of the things that they have done to gain the favor of God. Instead of living a life of responding to the favor of God, they have exercised the life of doing everything right to gain the favor of God. Listen, you are favored before you even do it. Somebody say amen. Say amen. Say, I am favored before I even do a thing. The Bible says that he calls us among us the beloved. He, we are the beloved of God. We don't need to do anything or be anything to be beloved of God. We are the beloved of God. There is a people who, the people who think, ah, I think if I do this for this long and then I do that and then I do that, God will love me more. God will do this for me more. In fact, he'll do this more when I do this. And then if I, if I don't do this, God won't love me. And so you're living this whole life. And then when frustrations come, you go back to how many things you have done for God. Many people love to claim the story of uh, Ezekiah. God, how I've walked outwardly with you. And then God changes his mind. And then he tells the guy, you live another 15 years. That was another covenant. That was another covenant. The covenant you're in doesn't need to remind God because the covenant you began in the New Testament dispensation did not begin by what you did. Hey! It began by what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth in him, he says he should, should not perish. The word should is big there. But have everlasting life. The beginning of the new covenant begins by God loving you. Ezekiel, or Hezekiah had the right to say, ah, remember how I've walked outwardly before you and then did this before you. And then last week I even prayed, you remember? And then God says, oh yes, you're on a covenant that is established on what you do for me. He says, remember, oh God, I beseech you, I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept her soul. And then came the word of the Lord of Isaiah saying, go and say to Ezekiel, 
that the Lord God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee 15 years. Why were 15 years added unto the man? Because of the things he did for God. And today we are teaching the same stuff in the church of Christ. We are telling people, oh, God will add you years because of what you are doing and what you have done for him. And oh, if you do this, God will add you years. If you do that, listen, the covenant you earned, and I'm going to repeat the second time, is not based on what you do for God. It's based on what God has done and is doing for you. Somebody say amen. The Bible is very clear that it's not about what we do for God, but what God is doing in us. The message version says so. It's not about what you are doing to God and for God. No, it's about what he is doing for you and in you. The, 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 the center of the New Testament will always and is going around the place of what is God doing for us and what are we doing to respond and receive that gift. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It's no longer about what you're doing for God. Does that mean we don't serve God? No. In fact, the Bible says, I labored more than all my brethren, yet not I, but the grace of God that labored in me. When we receive what God is doing in our lives, you realize that that grace settling in our spirits starts to work in us more powerfully than anybody before us. Because that is the very yielding of the spirit that causes us and see us to respond and yield to the working of grace in us. So the grace of God starts to operate in us. And before you know that, we labor more abundantly than they all. Why? Because we are laboring in love. Not out of a contract for us to fulfill our part of the bargain. But out of the contract of yielding to him which is fulfilling in us. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. When a man has understood grace, you realize you labor more. You preach more. You, you, you fast more. You give more. You love more. Why? Because the grace of God is operating on your spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we see a situation where people put lists, God, I did this and I did that. And can you believe it? After all of these years, God just does this to me. You know, some of you, you're too baby. I, I hope the English word exists. You're too young. I see how people give up in salvation. And I say, You remember the scripture says that if you fade in your day of adversity, your strength is small. I'm not praying. I believe God for a job for 20 years. I'm not going to church. No. Ah, then they go in their bed. Why? Because God has refused to give me what I want. I'm not going to go to, uh, you're like a baby. What does the message Bible say in that verse? It says that if you fall to pieces in a crisis, he says, there was nothing much to you in the first place. You were lying. You were faking church. You were faking worship. You were faking praise. There was nothing to you. You were just scaring us. When you say it in the Lord, oh, ba, 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 ba. Oh, ba, ba. You can, you, people, people threaten. Christians, people threaten. Eh? So you, you can fight somebody praying and you say, this one will never believe God. You see, and you're like, my God. This woman will die with God. This one, mm -mm. that one can live. This one can live. But this one, I am sure. This one, even if you, you bring a, a gun and then you tell her, choose God or candy, they'll choose God. <laughs> Let me shoot them. You understand? And then days of adversity come. Small little things. Crisis comes in their lives. And then they faint. Oh, God doesn't love me. 
And then they make funerals in their houses. Then they lock themselves up in the room. Oh, if he loved me, why did he take my husband? Why did he take my wife? Why did he take my child? Why did he take my sister? Oh, because he... <laughs> Little crisis. Little crisis. Some of you, you're standing because you have a job. The moment that kajob leaves you, to a day. Why? Because you, 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 you are that weak. There is nothing in you. There is nothing in you in the first place. You act it, you pray, you do everything, but there is nothing in you in the first place. When adversity comes, you leave the gospel. But God is building another kind of people. I'm talking about you. Come rain, come sunshine, they are in the presence of Almighty God. Whether it hits them 20 times, they come back and say, I am still in the presence of Almighty God. That is the kind of generation God is raising. Folk who just don't faint over anything. So when I see people say, ah, me, I'll stop praying. I told God, I, some people even give God an ultimatum. Give me a man on 2017 in June 13th or I die. And they wait on God. June 1st, Lord, I told you. June 2nd. June 3rd, hello. June 10th. They start parking. They're not living yet, but they start parking. Meaning they start to show all signs that they're coming out. You understand? They don't even say anything. You know like women who are cut and then they're leaving their husbands. You've seen those movies. You just find her in the bedroom and she's like, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. I cannot give up. There is something inside me. Tell your neighbor there is something inside me. Oh, I've been rejected. There's a, some of you have heard of Joseph. You remember Joseph? Joseph? One time I said a statement. And I said, if, if many Christians had gone through what Joseph had gone through, they would say they have a generational curse. <laughs> the boy went through too much that it would pass for a deliverance service. No, you think about it. Your father loves you. Then your brothers hate you. Then they throw you. You have a spirit of rejection. Then you, go, you, you understand. Eh? And then rejection gets on you. And then after rejection gets on you, before it's long enough, they throw you. A Midianite buys you. And then before you know that, you're in a house of a Chipotifa thing. His wife is making a Chifani move on you. They arrest you. Banangi. What rejection? You're in the prison. You're telling a guy, remember me. You interpret a dream. The guy forgets you. The spirit of forgetting you. My God. Like every... I... <laughs> Then people line up and say, Musumba, All things work together for good for them that love him and accord according to his purposes. If he chucks you, thank God. If she chucks you, thank God. If they fire you, thank God. Either way, he says, In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning your life. Are you, are, you, are you somewhere? He says all things work together. When the Bible says all things give thanks, it means give thanks. God is waiting for you for that day when the guy says, I think you know what, we can't be. 
Then you go on your knees and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In his face. Don't wait to go out. No. In what? Give me the message of that. He says, thank God no matter what happens. He says, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. In everything. The moment you know you're born again and you're, oh, mama, 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 mama. You just raise your holy hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Because this is working for my good. Listen, it is too late for anything to work against you. The Bible says, for all things are for your sakes. I don't know that some of you understand. All things, all things, all, underline capital A, capital double L, underline it. He says, all things are for your sakes. All things are for your sake. There is nothing against you now. Even if you seem like Landlord is on your door All things are for your sake That the abundant grace Might through the thanksgiving of many Redound to the glory of God Give me the amplified of that He says for all things All these things He says are taking place He says all things are taking place So that the more grace Curses The more grace Hatred The more grace Rejection. He says that the more grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. Why does it multi- Why is it that what you go through multiplies grace on others? Because God has promised you're going to come out of it. And the moment you come out of it, they'll look at you and say, Is this the woman? Is this the guy? Who almost fainted last week? Was she the one they put in the newspapers and said that she was? Oh my goodness. Don't worry. Sleep. You see, God is raising people who can go in the. You remember how Jesus was? He times when the storm comes up and the superstar gets asleep. The Bible doesn't say he was resting. No, he was sleeping. He forced himself to sleep. In the middle of the storm. Why? Because he knows who he is. What is scaring you? Somebody sent me a message and told me, Apostle, we need to pray. The economy is bad. I told the person, you need to thank. Not to pray. Because the Bible says when men say there's a casting down, you will say there's a rising now. That's what you say. You don't say, oh God, help us. Oh, this economy. Some of you even go back home and start that jazz. Oh, I don't know what we are going to do. The economy is so bad. It is so bad. <laughs> no, no. For them, not us. Me, now, I'm thriving faster than I've ever. It's not faith, it's the truth. When people become broker, the more richer it become for me. <laughs> the world, praise God. Uh, join this chariot. Tell your neighbor, join this chariot. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. He says, all things are for your sake. When you understand that, you will never worry about what you go through. Unless you're not born again. What does the next verse say? He says, for which cause? Tell your neighbor, for which cause? 
we faint not. This is the reason why we don't give up and faint. Oh, I've left the church. Oh, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to pray. This is the reason why somebody can go through things for 20 years and they still come back in church and sit. You understand? You've gone through hell, highways, tears, blood, and sweat, and you're still in the presence of God. That's the reason why you don't faint. Because you are persuaded that all things are for your sake. They work for your good. In Acts 7, the Bible says, I think from the ninth verse, the Bible says that the patriarch moved with envy. And the Bible says, and they sold who? Joseph into Egypt. But God. Hey! The Bible says, but God was with him. That is enough. Sell me all you want. God is with me. Snake me all you want. God is with me. Speak evil about me all you care. God is with me. Write about me in the tabloids. I'll come out. Put me on television. I'll come out. Pass policies. I'll still come out. Why? God is with me. Put military. Bring wars. Shoot. You understand? Put whatever you want. God is with you. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Sometimes all you need to do is to check up there. And say, are you still here? And he says, yeah, I am. Let everything that wants come. That is why I'm not threatened by anything. I'm not threatened by anything. I don't lose appetite by anything. Sometimes I go back to, if you're on my side, if you are on my side. That's why I pity the people who fight you. I pity somebody, some of you at your workplace, and then some boss starts to speak funny words. You see, I have reservations about that woman. There's a way she does that things. Last week I got her doing this. Oh. You don't know who you're talking about. You don't know. He says, and every tongue that shall raise against you. He says, ye shall condemn. But what if I'm not, I'm not right? Uh-uh, uh-uh. He says, and their righteousness, your righteousness, he says, is of me. Read it. He says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou, you're the one who will condemn it. And he says, and this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me. Don't question whether they are wrong or right, don't talk about my servants. Are you a servant of God? They are in trouble. <laughs> you know, one time I read a scripture that shocked me. It says, for it's a righteous thing for God to trouble those trouble who trouble you. That thing shocked me, by the way. I never, I'd never read it before, a couple of years ago. He says, for it's a righteous thing for God to trouble those who trouble you. I said, Wanji. Like, God, when they start troubling you, God starts to say, how can I work righteousness? Then he troubles them. <laughs> Tell your neighbor I cannot be beaten. I cannot be defeated. Thank you. That is this. It's a righteous thing for God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Let me tell you something. I have seen men go down 
I've seen men go down. They just don't learn, but I've seen men go down. I've seen men go down every time. I mean, since I was a child. Eh? Me, the hand of God was upon me early. From my mother's womb, you ask her, she'll tell you. Inside there, the guy was Mataka, Sherebrosa. <laughs> tell somebody I have the hand of God on me. You say it like you mean it. Say it one more time. Say, I have the hand of God on my life. It's not a threat. No, it's the truth. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. You have the hand of God on your life. Now, let's go back to Acts. These guys hate him and envy him. And the Bible says, and God was with him. Comma. And he says, and delivered him out from all his afflictions. Why? Because he was with him. And gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh the king. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Why? God was with him. The things you're going through are temporal. You will come out. God will favor you. God will grant you wisdom. Before kings. Not before mean men, no. Before kings. God will get you out of that stuff. It doesn't matter how bad it is. The hand of God is upon you. You will come out of it. You will come out of it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. And the one I'm talking to knows exactly what I'm saying. You will come out of that stuff, however bad it is. Why? Because the hand of God is upon you. Tony, wake up. You're not alone. Praise God. Men used to get high on weed and do funny things. You're high on the Holy Ghost. He's on your side. I don't care where it will pass or how, how God will do it. I just know God will fix you. I don't care where he will pass. I don't care whether he will go through a window or a door. I'm just persuaded you'll come out. I don't know how. But you'll come out victorious regardless of what you're going through. Why? Because the hand of God was upon Joseph. It was upon Joseph. The guy is born in Genesis 37. And immediately, his father loves the guy. Immediately. His father loves him. Of course, you ask yourself, why does this guy... Uh, no, 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 no. We also don't know. No. But the father loves Joseph. For some reason. Praise the Lord. He says, but now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. He loved him. He loved the guy. Why? Because there was something on him. Ro... He buys him coats of many colors. What? There's something on the boy. It's called favor. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that he won't have issues. No. He'll have issues like any other person. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But there was a reason why even amidst his brethren, God still says, I love this guy. Now, some people blame Israel. One time the Lord told me something very interesting. Some people blame Israel for loving Joseph until they understand Jacob loved all his children equally. <laughs> Did you get it? Jacob, the flesh guy, loved all his children equally. 
but Israel. The spirit man loved Joseph. So if you want to say, oh, did he love all his boys equally? Jacob did. But Israel loved Joseph above, above all his brethren. So don't, don't blame Jacob for being a discriminating parent who is not understanding. No. Even in parenthood, you can love all your children the same. But there's a kid who always appeals something about the spirit. I don't know why. Parents understand what I mean. You can have six children, seven, and you love all of them the same. But there's one kid who always connects spiritually. You, you just find Israel inside loving the child. While Jacob loves all of them equally. It's not wrong. You understand? Yeah. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It would be wrong if Jacob loved them unfairly, one above the other. But if it comes to the spirit man, don't blame the fellow. Somebody say amen. Because you don't know what it means for a father to see something spiritual in his child. That is powerful. Do you know that Israel was split because of that one principle? Literally, Israel up to now is still split and they're scattered abroad and their land is smaller and beaten by enemies on all sides. They're still standing by the promise of God. But Israel is as is because the father didn't recognize what was in the son. David goes to war. He looks after sheep and he kills lions and bears, slays them by the sword and pulls them by the beard. And the scriptures are clear. He never told Jesse anything. And Jesse never knew that this boy had something. All his life. The boy is somewhere looking after sheep. But there is something on his spirit. The first time he says that testimony. It's before Saul. He says, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb out of the flock. And he says, and I went out after him. And smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me. I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. He's telling Saul. The first time. He never told Jesse anything. When Samuel comes into David's house to anoint. Jesse's house to anoint. He calls all the boys except David. Because he didn't know what was on David's life. Are you hearing me? So David is also with a soul. Who loves him. Because he can control him. Do you understand what I'm saying? He can kill for him armies. He, 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 he has defeated Goliath. But he didn't love him because he's a son's son. He loves him because he can defeat his enemies. And before you know that David is a father. Who doesn't even know how to be a father? Amnon rapes Tamar, he doesn't know what to do. Absalom hates Amnon, he doesn't know what to do. Absalom kills Amnon, he doesn't know what to do. He's just there. He's watching them do everything like that. You understand? He tells Beersheba, your son shall be king after me. And then a few years later, he's going to die. He has forgotten that Solomon is supposed to be the son after him. He never taught his boy anything all his life. Solomon is now king too. And he says, I was my father's beloved child. He taught me to war. He didn't teach me anything. He didn't teach me how to lead. He didn't teach me how to exercise authority. He didn't teach me how to execute governance. He didn't teach me how to distribute. He didn't teach me how to relate with men. He only taught me to fight. If it's fighting, I can fight. If it's anything else, I just don't know. And Solomon split Israel. Up to now, they're not one. Why? Because there was no father figure. To see the distinctive mark in the sun. If David knew better, he would have raised that boy by his side and taught him more than to fight. And taught him more than to fight. That's why we are also praying for a generation for fathers to come up. Some of you are just making babies. No, be fathers to your children. 
Look into your children and look for the anointing on them. Compliment them and tell them you're a prophetess. I see something inside you. Lay hands on them and speak matakala. I believe in you. Fathers, muriwa, munyambe. Some of you have stayed down because you're not yet married. Ye of little faith. Okay, I'll act like I didn't see. Fathers, help me here. Yes, we have, you may be seated. We have all self-help groups on women. You understand? We are counseling women. They have sengas, mamas. Everyone is counseling them. But who is helping these boys? They only know how to fight. You understand? They know how to fight on everything. They don't know how to reason. That's why I feel sorry for some women. Somebody tell your neighbor to call in the name of Jesus. They only know how to fight with everything. This is serious. Our nation needs fathers. Right from the family setting to the spiritual setting. We don't even have people who can reach out to say, what is happening? Why are they saying, no, 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 all of us. You see, because they are not fathers. They, also them, they were not fathered. Don't ask for what men have not learned. It's like putting you in an examination room to ask you questions of topics you've not studied. How are you going to answer those things? The problem is not the guy. The problem is we need a fathering spirit in our nation. That is what delivered South Africa. Because Mandela after 27 years at the island for all of those years can still come up and say I'm ready to let this go. It was easier for everybody after him to do it. Who else in Africa did it? How many? How many? Now, he, that's why Mandela is like the father of Africa. He ought to be the example for every man to emulate. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not speaking political here. I'm speaking spiritual. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, when we lose that figure in the spirit, we have a huge, huge, huge problem. Listen, if, if Israel didn't know what was on Joseph, the destiny of Israel was in trouble as a nation. If Israel had not known what was upon Joseph, the whole nation would have been in trouble. And I'm going to explain that later. Because if he hadn't seen it, he would not have bought the robe. The coat of many colors. If he had not bought the coat of many colors, the brothers would not have been jealous. If the brothers were not jealous, they would not have thrown him in a pit. If he wasn't in a pit, Potiphar wouldn't have found him. If he wasn't in Potiphar's house, he would not have gone to prison. If he wasn't in prison, he wouldn't have found out the, the chief butler and the baker. If he had not found the chief butler and the baker, and then interpret the, 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 the dreams of both, and the chief butler goes back to the kingdom, he would not have met Pharaoh, and Pharaoh would not have made him governor. I, I don't know whether I'm making sense. You remember when he comes and, 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 and he starts to narrate his dreams? At first he says he saw a chiefs, right? And this sheep goes up. And all the, the, the 11 sheeps bow to him. And the brothers tell him, ah, 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 ah. Where? 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 What are you saying? You want to rule us? You want to rule us? And the next verse says, and then again another dream came. Let's continue. 
And he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars made obeisance to me. This time he didn't go to the brothers. No, he told it to the father, Israel, and to his brethren. And his father, the Bible says, rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow yourselves to thee on the earth? That was Jacob speaking. But then there was another guy inside. Next verse. And his brethren envied him. But his father observed it. Some guy inside said, oh yeah, okay. I know you're busting. But, but he went back and said, mm-hmm, there's something on this guy. He observed it in his spirit. He had to observe it in his spirit. Even though Jacob was speaking something differently, Israel understood something differently. There's something inside him. He spoke as a man in the flesh. But when he went back to the spirit, he said, no. There's something on this boy. He kept it inside his spirit. He kept it inside his spirit. So, because of a court, they want to kill him. In fact, the scriptures are clear. The guy who bailed him out was Reuben. Because Reuben never wanted his brother to die. There's always somebody who will not let it. But the strength of those who want to make it, eh? it's all so much. Eh? But anyway, long story short, he's in the pit. Huh? They sell him for money. Before we know that, he's in the house of Potiphar. Praise the Lord. And when he goes in the house of Potiphar, I think in Genesis uh, 39 verse 1. Now, look at the guy. They've, they've thrown him as a slave, right? He has been sold for money. And the Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. He has gone through different transactions, but God is working in the back end. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. He's being transacted like a good. He, he, the, he's being, man, have you ever felt used? Nenga, God is on you, but they are using you, but the hand of God is upon you. Anyway, and the Lord, verse 2, again, was with Joseph. They are transacting him, but God has not left him. Some of you are under transactions. You say, ah, I think God left me. How can they do this to me? You look at her. Look at the way she's going through. Look at how they are using her. Look at how they've used her at her workplace. Look at, you see, she's like a slave. She has worked for seven years. There's nothing to eat. But the Bible still says the Lord was with. Can a man with God go through that stuff? Yes, sir. A man with the hand of God can be traded. Like a slave on the, on the what? On the pedestal. But you see, the only difference is God is with him. And I love the way the scriptures continue to insist on that. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a what? Hey, hey, hey. A prosperous man. And he was in the house of the master of who? Even when he entered the house of the master, and he knows Potiphar is the boss, there's still something on the guy. He's still prosperous. Banange, this thing is deep. When something is on you, even if they take you in as a slave, the Bible says he still prospered in, in the house of the, of, of the master. Yes, this is Pharaoh's house. Yeah? There are servants, other servants too. But the guy enters there and prosperity finds him. Banange, this thing, this thing on you. Now, the Bible continues to say, and his master saw that the Lord 
was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The Kagai is still a servant. Are you hearing me? There's still somebody observing that stuff. And the Bible says, and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him. You see, the, the same thing that buys him the coat, it finds him in Potiphar's house and he's made the overseer of his house and all that he had, the Bible says, he put into his hand. And the Bible says, and, and it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord, listen, blessed the Egyptian's house. He blessed that bank. He blessed that institution. He blessed that ministry. He blessed that business. He blessed that place where you're working. Because, the Bible says, for Joseph's sake, the Bible says, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house. Banange. And in the field too. The blessing of God settled in Potiphar's house and all that he had, including slaves. Even the slaves became successful. Because they were property. Why? Because there was a guy in the house with something. Mama. Mama, 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 mama. That is why God should cause you to, ha- to be hired in businesses that are failing. Now the business is failing. They say, uh-huh. Now you need a woman from Fanero. <laughs> you come and say, oh, what's up, what's up? Business is failing, okay. How bad? So bad we might close in a week, okay. That's why I want the job. Why? Because I am its future. I'm the certainty of that business. I'm the testimony of that story. Man. Man. You go to the field and find fields growing. But all of them are growing and are budding and everything is multiplying. Joseph. Joseph. Joseph mess with him. Mess with him. You see what will happen. Just mess with him. That's why they shouldn't mess with you. Because you're the source. Tell your neighbor I'm the source. Chiva Kunze. How do I know that the business you joined is going to prosper? You're there. That's how I know. How do I know that the ministry you're in is going to be a prosperous ministry? You're in that ministry. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And that is why I tell people, when you understand this concept, eh, you never fight for positions. You, 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 some of you, you fear, oh, we are too many. You never fight for position. That thing will get you out even if you're seated in the back and you're too dark like me. It will find you in the corner and leave a brown chap. Because the hand of the Lord is upon your life. Somebody say amen. Say amen again. Are you feeling what I'm feeling? That's why Uganda is going to be prosperous. Because I'm in Uganda. If I leave it, it's in trouble. But the moment I'm still here, Uganda must be a success, brother. It must be a success. I don't care what the economy says. I don't care what Bank of Uganda says. As long as I'm in Uganda, Uganda will thrive and be a prosperous nation. You know, last time I was asking myself, why was Uganda slow in the early years? I realized it was because I was young. Where is your busting? 
Save in faith. You, you know, you, when, you, when you get in faith, you have to learn to bust. Are you hearing me? You have to learn to bust a little. You have to see something inside you. That is why it's a curse, like I said, for honorable men to live a nation. It's a curse. If they get men of God and people, honorable men out of a nation. Because that nation can struggle. Nations need men. Men don't need nations. Israel was kept by Elisha. They have a whole army. There is one guy in there, in the back there. Because there is something on his life. Somebody said there is something. I don't know who I'm trying to talk to. But something is about to erupt into somebody's life. And you're going to see things I has not seen, he has not had, and has not entered the hearts of men. Why? Because the hand of God is upon you. It's upon you. And don't be sorry. Potiphar's wife pulls a funny move on the guy. They throw him in prison. You understand? Verse 20. Again, 39.20. Then it's 39.20. Don't worry, I'm rushing through. And he says, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison at a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison, right? But, whoa, wait. But the Lord was with Joseph. You see, and there's a reason why God is stressing it. They fired you, but God was with you. They chucked you, but God was with you. They insulted you, but God was with you. They spoke about, but God was with you. They did all this to you, but God was with you. He left, but God was with you. Your children, but He was with you. You went, but He was with you. But you, but He was with you. You see, I went, but you were, He was with you. I'm trying. To, he was with you. But I'm trying. You're, you're not even allowing me to explain. I said, but He was with you. I'm going. I, I am with you. 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 I don't care what you go through. I am still with you. He says the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy in the prison. And the Bible says, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper and of the prison. And the Bible says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners. Banange. 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 Tell your neighbor I have something on me. is in prison they are there with prisoners and the bible says whosoever they did and whatsoever they did there the bible says he was the doer of it they throw you in prison they say you're a rapist and your master says no there's something on you there were prisoners in the prison there were guys who had served time and they were they, they were good people there are people who had done a few minor crimes, like that stolen chickens, right? But even with the testimony of a rapist, God still gets the guy out and says, no, even when you're in prison, because I'm with you, the Bible says he was put the keeper of the prison. And the next verse says, and the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Because the Lord was with him and that which he did and the Lord made it to prosper even in prison. Tell your neighbor I have something on me. Mama, 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 
mama 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 can you say mama 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 i have something on me throw me anywhere you want do anything you want i'll still come out i'll still come out i will still come out why because the hand of the lord is upon me you can't fight a man like that <laughs> my god <laughs> next verse the bible says it came to pass after these things the battle of the king of egypt and his baker had offended their lord so they were thrown in prison at the right time when Joseph is there. Do you understand what I'm saying? At the right time when Joseph is in what? Prison. They are thrown in. They dream a dream. That dream is interpreted. The chief baker is going to be hanged in three days. The chief butler is released and honored. On Pharaoh's birthday, it was so. And Joseph tells the chief butler, don't forget me when you go to Pharaoh. Please put in a good word for me. And I think that was an error with Joseph. Because when the hand of God is upon you, even if you don't ask for favors, you know, you have the hand of God upon you, but you're also bribing officials. Yet again, the hand of God is on you, but you're also giving a back pass to a guy to help you pass. Yet the hand of God is on you. Then you're trying, but it is on you. You understand what I'm saying? When it is on you, it is on what? It is on you. One time I asked the spirit, why did Joseph stay longer? And God told me, if the butler had spoken good before Pharaoh and Pharaoh released Joseph, Joseph was going to leave Egypt. And the equation would still not be complete. As surely as faithful as God is. Two years later, Genesis 41, the Bible says, Pharaoh dreams a dream. Anak. <laughs> And, and it came to pass in the end of fulfillment that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And then he dreams a dream. And he also doesn't know what is happening, but he's dreaming a dream. He's dreaming a dream. Are you hearing me? And God takes it to Pharaoh. He doesn't give it to Chief Butler. He doesn't go to the small boys. No. He gives him a dream, and the guy who can fulfill it is in the lowest rank, prison cells. And the Bible says he called upon all his sorcerers and magicians and all the wise men. And the Bible says, and none was able. Nobody, even if they tried, they could not interpret it. Joseph, it was for Joseph only. That is when the true separation comes. And the king shouts, Is there nobody able to save us? Ah, and the butler said, Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. My sins have come on me. I have remembered there is a guy who is in prison. 
He interpreted dreams of me and my friend and all of those dreams came to pass. And God brings remembrance at that particular point. And the next verse says, hmm? there's something that shocked me. Pharaoh was wrought with his servants and put, no, continue, the, uh, when he, this is him, uh, this is the chief butler explaining, and there was with us a young man, a Hebrew servant, to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man according to his dream, he did interpret. Now there's something interesting I want you to see. And it came to pass as he had interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. And the Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. Now this is what Joseph did. When they got him out, he knew he wasn't going back. Whether he has a spirit of rejection, uh-uh. he, he had a beard. He said, prisoners don't shave. The Bible says he shaved his beard. And removed prison clothes. And changed his raiment. And came. He, he knew there was something inside him telling him, Luno, Luno, this time... If Pharaoh has called for me when I'm in prison, man, 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 at that point you start preparing yourself. Are you hearing me? You put on the right suit because opportunity knocks once. And when you're going there, go like you're the answer. Don't go with beards. Because he could have interpreted and Pharaoh said, I'll take him back. He looks like a prisoner. No. Serve your beard, honey. Put your clothes on. Put on raiment. Put on perfume. Stand before the guy like you're the answer. Some of you have spent 20 years without jobs. And the interview they give you after 20 years, you go with torn trousers and, you know, you want to show that you're so poor. No, put on your best, shave your beard. Look like you've been working every day. I Don't present yourself broke. Because you're branding your spirit badly. If you can't bail yourself out, how can you bail the company? Somebody say Joseph shaved his beard and changed his raiment. He came before Pharaoh. Huh? Pharaoh said, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not me. God shall answer. He shall give you an answer. I'm here. Don't worry. I, it's, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm here. What's up? Don't worry. God, the guy with me, he will answer. Praise God. And the next verse says, And Pharaoh told him, I stood upon the banks of the rivers, and um, behold, there came out a river, a, the river seven kin, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in the Miado. How? Some people don't understand that English. Seven fat cows, right? And behold, there came up after them poor, very ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I'd never seen in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored king did eat up the seven fat king. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as at the beginning, so I awoke. You, you understand what, what he's saying? It's first day there on that verse 22. He said that I, 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 there were seven cows, big, healthy, they were eating in the meadow, and then other seven small cows come, and then they are ill, uh, Ill, Ill, Ill what? They are sick. Huh? They are ill-favored. It's interesting English. <laughs> you understand? It's good to be small but not skinny. Now, yeah, 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 it's the truth. 
You can be a small person, but don't be too ill-favored. So, <laughs> so the Bible says, and the ill-favored small cows ate the big ones. Right? And then they still stayed small. And the next verse says, and I saw in my dream, behold, seven ears come up in one stalk, full and good. And behold, seven ears withered seen and blasted with the east wings sprang after them. You understand? Another seven ears sprang after them, the Bible says, which were blasted by the east winds. Now, underlying east winds. And the next verse says, and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it. Now, let me show you something about, you know, the Lord spoke to me something about this, the east winds. Let me say something about the east winds. There was a reason why they were not north, they were not south, they were not west, but they were east. Praise God. The Lord showed me that east winds, east winds, every time you're in the scriptures, and then you read about east winds, understand that these are judgments enforced by God. That means that the famine that was coming was not because of weather. God allowed famine for the sake of the man on whom his hand was upon to make him an answer. Let me show you a few scriptures. You will understand. Genesis. No, no, Exodus 10, 13. Exodus 10, 13. The east wind again. He says, and Moses stretched forth his road over the land of Egypt. You remember when God was judging Egypt for refusing to release the children of Israel. And the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night and when it was morning the east wind brought the locusts why did the locusts come they come because of the hand of the east wind and why does the east wind come because of hey exodus 14 verse 21 the bible says and moses stretched out his hand over the sea now he's spatting the sea and the lord the bible says caused the sea to go back by a strong again East wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Why again? East winds. Psalm 78, 26. The Bible says God caused an east wind to what? To blow in heaven and his power he brought in the south wind. That means east winds precede south winds. If you're a, a, a student of the Bible, go read about the east and south wind. There's something sensitive. East winds and south winds. The winds and judgments of the spirit lead to the move of the spirit. Because the south winds represent the move of the spirit. Revival. Now, Jonah chapter 4 verse 8, if you remember. The Bible speaks of when Jonah uh, 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 betrays God and then he rebels against an instruction. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared, he says, a vehement east wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah and he fainted and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. What was God doing? He allowed an east wind. An east wind. See, God uses that for judgment to align men to purpose. What am I trying to tell you? This famine was not because of weather conditions. It could not be predicted by weather forecasters. Meteorological schools could not interpret this weather. This famine was coming for one guy. So 
That's why, let them leave you. Let them throw you out. Let, let them throw you in ditches and abandon you. It's okay. Sometimes when we go through stuff, I've learned to tell my friends, don't worry. The famine will come. <laughs> when they speak about you, say, ah, don't worry. The famine will come. For my sake. The guys who threw him out did know that when famine hits, it hit the whole earth. Banange. When famine came, it hit the whole earth. And Jacob, the Bible says, hard word that there was food in Egypt. Who knows? The guys who throw him out, they journey. But Jacoma will tell your neighbor they will come back. Tell the next neighbor also and tell them they will come back. Basaga, they will come back. Let the famine hit. That is the courage we have as ministers of the gospel. Because this is a famine. God says, you remember Amos 8, 11? He says, and I shall send a famine in the land. I shall send a famine in the land. He says, a famine. And not a famine of bread nor thirst for water. But of hearing the words. Banangi. Of hearing the words of the Lord. God saying, I will send a famine. And the next verse says, that and they shall wander from sea to sea, from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and it shall, they shall not find it. And in that day, fair virgins and young men shall faint for thirst. And they that answered by the sin of Samaria, and they, uh, so, and they say, Thy God, O oh God, oh, oh God, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, and, and they shall fall and never even rise up, blah, 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 blah. The sin of Samaria is something I teached about one time, not regarding the spiritual thing. Because that's the translation of the word Samarian, right? They don't regard the spiritual thing. There's, there's a sin for men who don't see things spiritually. They see things carnally. You understand what I'm saying? How can I listen to him? He's young. <laughs> okay. Don't listen to him. The famine will come. You see? <laughs> it will come. You'll listen. There are even people who are fighting this message. But you wait. The famine will come. Because they'll start to see you waxing fat. You're eating and drinking. And they'll say, there's something there. That's why I said it's only a matter of time. The east winds are coming. Tell somebody the east winds are coming. And they're for your sake. They fired you in that company, but something is going to shake it and they are going to look for you. They, 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 hey. He, he said, ah, divorce, divorce, but something will shake the guy. He'll come back on his knees. You watch. When the famine comes, when the famine comes, you will see. Praise God. And he's storing up food for Egypt God tells him keep one fifth of the land save it, save one fifth of the land that's 20% now if you are a giver if, if you want to study I, I can, I'll share that in school of ministry if you want to study the distinction between the 10th and the 20% right you realize that when Joseph is using the 20% principle you realize that he doesn't answer for Egypt he answers for the world 
Because when famine hits, it doesn't hit Egypt. It hits the whole world. It hits the whole world. That is for a few people like me <laughs> to understand. It hits the whole what? World. Now imagine these guys who have sold him. But they don't, that is why I love the way Joseph speaks to them after revealing himself to them. He told them, uh-uh. Don't weep. I tell you, we are sorry. No, no, no. That's the point where we forgive all of them. All of them. That's the point where you look at him in the face and tell him, you hurt me, but I forgive you. He says, for God sent me ahead of you. He says, before you. He says, to preserve you, a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now Joseph gets mature. And then realize everything they were doing was sending him ahead for them. It says that when great deliverances are needed, he's available. And he preserved Israel, a posterity. Some of you, what you're going through is going to save nations. What you're going through is going to save your family line. You don't have anything on you. <laughs> Everything is working, but it is wearing you to send you ahead of some people. So that you can pull them out. And then they look back and say, yeah, 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 yeah. God had to send you ahead. Everything you're going through is pushing you ahead. Can you believe that? Get to your feet. In 41, the 39th verse. Genesis 41, the 39th verse. Genesis 41, the, he says, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed you these things, there is none discreet and wise as thou art, and thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Why? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I see. See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring and placed it on his hand, put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold and he made him to ride in the second chariots with him and they carried him before. Why? Because God was with That's why Pharaoh says, I see no man in whom the spirit of God is. I don't see any man with something like you. Banangi, let me encourage you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon you. You will make it. I said you will make it. You will make it. Now I want you to raise your hands. I want to speak something very prophetic because I feel the spirit allows me to say it. Are you ready? Now the Bible says that promotions come from neither east nor west but they come from the Lord in whom there is no shadow of turning within. There is somebody here 
physically, relationship-wise, spiritually. I saw the word promotion. And when I'm talking about promotion, bring them here. Just bring them in front here. Don't worry, we've not yet prayed. Just put up your hands. I'm just speaking forth as I hear. There's some people here, you've been working for years and you've not seen anything to you. You've looked for jobs for years and it seems like everything you're looking for just dies. I hear promotion. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Start to receive it, 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 start to to take it. I feel God is promoting you from one level. Oh my God. 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 Listen, there are people God is promoting spiritually. You're leaving one level of ministry to another level of ministry. There are people God is promoting financially. The days of struggling financially have come to an end. The hand of God is on you. Listen, I wish I had time to lay hands on some of you. But the Holy Spirit tells me he will help me on that. There are people here who have gone through several experiences of rejection and being bounced. And they've been feeling like there is something on their lives. Right now the Spirit of God is here to confirm to you that the hand of God is upon you. And what looks like a rejection is pushing you ahead for a posterity to deliver people from great a deliverance. Power of the Holy Ghost! Now, whoever is here, I want you to raise your hands and speak to God. Just take a minute and speak in other tongues. Create your world. The hand of the Lord is upon you. You will be presented soon before multitudes. Holy Spirit, minister to somebody. You are magnificent, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a lady here, you had a miscarriage three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, to be exact, you had a miscarriage. Touch your belly. Touch your belly. You know you're the one I'm talking about. Right now in the name of Jesus. God delivers you. You will not lose a child again. You will not lose a child again. Somebody give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say no more loss. In the name of Jesus. 
whatever the devil the devil aimed for bad my God turns to good in the name of Jesus now raise your hands I need to deal with something I need to deal with something I need to deal with something if there's anybody in this room you might know or you might not know but if there's anybody in this room on whom witchcraft has had consequence if there's anybody in this room who has been tormented by demonic activity if there's anybody in this room who has committed to anything ungodly in the spirit of witchcraft to hold you back right this very moment eh? the spirit of God is singling you out and delivering you now Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Holy Spirit put it down Holy Spirit bring them bring them power the Holy Ghost bring them 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 if you are committed to anything that is not of God right now there is a power that is delivering you wherever you are that spirit of madness that spirit of confusion that spirit of regression in the name of Jesus you're a new creature or oh, the old is past and now the new none of that nonsense is supposed and should follow you in the name of Jesus be delivered I feel there's a lady there's something burning in your tummy it's like there's a fire that just hit your tummy something is coming out of you it's coming out it's coming out it's coming out there's another person you've been having on and off headaches that particular person right now the power of God is coming upon you now in the name of Jesus witchcraft is not the testimony of a new creature never ever I sense seven people in this room. Seven. They've been troubled by a spirit of slavery. They're like slaves. They're enslaved. Even the way they do their job. They, they look like, have you been enslaved? You, you're working for five, six, seven years, but there's nothing you're seeing to eat. That spirit is judged tonight. Power of the Holy Ghost! You're no longer slaves. You're sons and daughters of the Most High. It's coming out. It's coming out. The devil can't stand here. He can't stand here. Because the hand of God is upon you. He appointed that you get deliverance tonight. He appointed that you leave one level and get into another and get into another receive it receive it receive it receive it receive it power of the holy ghost 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 if you're sick touch why it's painting receive it right now receive it receive it that's 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 it i decree and i declare it is well with us it is well with you the hand of the Lord is upon you you're shining you're higher 
above, above, upward and upward only. Whatever you've been going through, God changes it for good in the name of Jesus. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Finero, make manifest.